Hello and welcome back to the Just Be Here With Me podcast. I am your host, Abby Marie Graham, and today we're talking about organization tips for back to school season. So this month we're doing a back to school series on account of it being August and me just wanting to really mix things up and have a theme for each month again because that was really fun. It's a fun way to like plan content for you guys and episodes and stuff. I took a lot of notes today, so I'm going to be sharing kind of like an audio tour of my notion for school, um, what I use for, for school to stay organized, and just general tips. These are maybe going to be a bit random. <laughs> I'm trying to like organize them into categories. So physical organization is our first category, and then we'll talk about digital organization um, and like productivity. And then we'll talk about, um, let's see, what have I got? I've got like a bunch of different things listed. Um, I didn't plan these categories beforehand. So I'm literally just looking at my notes right now. Um, and then we'll talk about basically limiting distractions and, really work-life balance because that's so important when you're in school and I know it can feel really impossible especially if you're in college and I know even in high school I felt like work-life balance was hard in high school so (laughs) we will have all the tips for you so whether you are in high school or in college or maybe you're even in middle school listening to this like go you you're early on just like getting all those tips together These are going to be some helpful tips for you to stay organized throughout the year, keep on top of your deadlines, and generally feel calmer knowing that you've got most of the stuff in your life together. You know, everything um, isn't always going to be perfect, and that's like way too high of an expectation for yourself. There's going to be unexpected things that happen, so you can't expect yourself to be perfect, but hopefully with these systems in place you will feel a little bit calmer knowing that like most of the things you've got together, you know? So okay, physical organization is first. And obviously the first tip that I'm going to give you is to organize your study space, organize your workspace, and really make sure that it's suited to your needs. So you probably have heard this all the time when you're looking at organization. Like you see these like really clear and clean desks and like this just perfect little you know picture pinterest perfect desk right and you know those are great (laughs) they may not be as attainable for you and so what you want to do is really organize your desk around what's going to be most functional for you for me i know what brings me less stress is really having more of a clear desk So I just have my computer and some books, some notebooks behind that. And even then I kind of have to go through them over the summer um, because when I start school, I just want to have like the necessary stuff. I used to have a textbook back there when I was doing an art appreciation class. And I really use my drawers for more of those, you know, pens and highlighters like all the stuff that's like not as beautiful to display for me um my dream right now which I don't have this but I am gonna talk about this and other tools that I would recommend um my dream right now is to really have like a tray where I can put 
papers and things like that. For me, that isn't as useful because a lot of my, like all my classes are online this semester um, and they probably will be next semester as well in the spring. And so I don't really have as much use, like they don't really have, you know, they don't really have us printing out stuff as much. I do have textbooks um, and I may order them physically or I may decide to have them online. I find that once I'm done with my textbooks, I don't really know where to put them because I'm not in my major courses yet. So I'm kind of like, okay, what do I do with this? So I end up giving it away usually. Um, you can actually take them back to the school and sell them, but the school, I live a while from the school. I live about 30 minutes from the nearest campus. And I don't know, I guess I'm kind of lazy. I'm like, you know, I could just give this away. <laughs> like someone would appreciate this. Um, so yeah, I don't know. But that's a little tip for you. If you have old textbooks, you can see if you can sell them. Um, I just find it easier to give it away because Goodwill is closer to me <laughs> than my school is. But whatever. Um, I'm going to community college, by the way, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> but yeah, so organize your desk around what you want, what you need, what helps you feel calmer, what helps you feel like you're getting in work mode so that when you sit down, you're ready to go. Whether that is, you know, putting your textbooks on a bookshelf right next to your desk so that they feel organized, but you can just go and grab them anytime you need, or keeping all those pens and all those like scraggly materials that you're like, okay, I could put this in like an organizer, right? That might be an option. Or you could put it in a drawer organizer. Drawer organizers are the best. I've been obsessed with them because I love clear surfaces for the most part or minimalist surfaces. I'm really getting into that. And so, you know, drawer organizers are just my friend right now. <laughs> but um, I have one in my bathroom too that I love using because it's like everything, you pull the drawer out and like everything's exactly in the space where it needs to be. And this is really good, by the way, too, for your hippocampus, which is like the part of your brain that maps out where everything is. If you keep everything organized and in the same place, your brain doesn't have to make as many decisions because it basically knows exactly like on autopilot where everything is. Um, and that really helps to like reduce fatigue and decision fatigue and all those things. I know it's a small thing, like, you know, finding your highlighter is not that big of a deal, but it does save you some brain energy, I guess. I don't know, some some computing energy in your brain. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm all for having things organized and having things, you know, everything has a place and all those things. Um, and, you know, then you're not like looking for like 30 minutes for one pen or one highlighter or, you know, whatever. So keep your space organized and really keep it functional. What do you need on hand? What do you need like to be able to grab right away? Keep that on your desk. What could you kind of use occasionally that you know, yeah, I'm not going to use this every day, but I will need this at hand sometimes. Put those in a drawer. Put those things in a drawer so you can easily, you know, get to them. And if you're like me and you like clear surfaces and that just makes you feel like you are so organized, you have it all together, then go ahead and put those things that you want on hand, organize them in the drawer too, so that you can just have them right there and maybe keep them like really close to, let's say you sit in the middle of your desk, um, or even like if you're on one side with your computer, whatever you like to do, <laughs> um, keep 
those things oriented in the drawer so that you can easily just like grab them whenever you need. Um, and yeah, you can have a file folder too, or, you know, an accordion folder. We'll probably get into those in like just a few seconds. Um, a file tray is really helpful too if you have a lot of papers and especially if you're in high school right now and you're going to high school, you're not online um, because they have a lot of documents online now. Now, I don't know. I haven't been in school since before the pandemic in terms of high school <laughs> and in terms of like going to school because I'm online right now um, and I also live a little bit of a distance from my school. So um, I decided to go online for various reasons, but <laughs> we won't get into those today. But um, if you have a lot of papers, that can be really helpful because you can get like a leveled one where you can go, okay, these papers on top are papers that I need to address right away. Um, the ones below are ones that are, you know, coming up or things that are going to be due or whatever. And then maybe the ones on the very lower level are ones that you're done with, you know, and you can just grab and go when you're going to submit them on the days when you have those classes. So yeah, go ahead and set things up so that it feels really functional, so that it matches your priorities and what you need your desk to be for you. Don't worry about making it perfect or making it look like a Pinterest board or whatever. I mean, if, if that feels good, if that makes you feel good, like great, you can try to do that and try to make it a place where you feel good and where you feel like when you sit down to work, you're you're excited to work, you're excited to get started, that's great. Um, but really functionality is, I think, the most important because when you're working, what you really want more than a pretty desk is a desk that works well for you and a desk where you can find things. So just keep that in mind when you're designing and when you're organizing your study space. And now we're going to talk about folders and trays and all these things. So I already mentioned drawer organizers. I love drawer organizers. I think they're great. Um, they can be great for any type of organization and, you know, just keeping things, you know, all together. I got one at Target that I really liked. Um, there are other ones where they're like bamboo or things like that. So it looks really cool. Um, sometimes trays themselves, um, on your desk can be really helpful. I have a tray actually, I'm just looking at it right now. I have this, um, terrazzo tray for my jewelry, and it's on my little console table when I come into my room, so I could put my keys there if I wanted to. I actually keep my keys in my purse, but if I was one of those people who just kept my keys, you know, out, um, I would probably put them on that tray so that I don't lose anything. So you could have something like that so that you have, like, a place for important papers, you won't lose them. Again, I think the whole stacked tray or leveled tray, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but I think you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> um, would probably be better uh, if you're having papers come in and out of your study space because then you'll know which papers need to be addressed right away, which papers you're done with and you're ready to submit, um, and basically just organizing them from, you know, which ones are urgent, which ones are going to be due, and which ones are due and you're done with. Um, and then... In terms of things you're bringing to school, obviously folders are really helpful. I think accordion folders can be helpful. They can also be pretty bulky. So really address like, do I need this? You know, I never, did I ever use an accordion folder? I think I did once in middle school. It was just really bulky though. And I ended up not knowing exactly 
where to put everything because there's so many slots and I was like okay I guess I can put them here um so if you're gonna use an accordion folder maybe get one that's like not that it doesn't have a lot of slots just enough for your cl- class load and just enough for like the number of classes you're taking <clears throat> my voice is like getting all prickly for some reason but I think I'm back now. (laughs) Anyways, um, so yeah, go ahead and get one that's like not too big and really one that you can put a little label into. I always like those, um, where you can like make a little label for your classes because then you know exactly where everything is. And again, that just like saves your brain some energy looking through this folder, trying to figure out where things are. It saves you time and you know, it just helps you to be more organized. If you're going to do folders, then what you might want to do is also kind of consolidate. I talked about this last week, I think. Consolidating your tools is really helpful. So, you know, I'm a big fan of minimalism and a big fan of really being intentional with how much stuff you have, especially if you're going to a school, right? If you're going and walking in every day with a backpack, that backpack is going to be heavy, right? So if you can do anything to lighten your load, that's going to be super helpful. So if you can get folders that are attached to your notebook or, you know, something where like you can get functionality, dual functionality out of a notebook like that, and you could get like a five subject notebook with a folder embedded in it, that's, I think, the way to go. Unless you're like, oh, I really have a lot of papers, so that's going to kind of get messy, then you might want to get a folder for each class or possibly an accordion folder. Again, those are kind of bulky, so maybe get one that's more collapsible or that has fewer like little folders in it so you can organize it because it just gets to be a lot. <laughs> um, another thing I love, again, dual functionality. Dual pen highlighters are really cool. So if you like highlighters and you use them a lot um, or that's something for your class that you know you're going to be using, and you also want to be able to like take notes and quickly highlight what you need to, then go ahead and get ones that are, you know, pen on one side, highlighter on the other. There are some I saw from Erin Condren that are really, really good. They look really good. I'm going to order some actually, I think. Um, and you can get them in pastel. You can get them in all these fun little colors and you can get a set of six. So it'll last you for the year and it'll last you like if you want to do different highlighting for different classes and different colors and color coding, then you can do that. So those can be really great because they're dual functionality and then you can just easily like take the cap off of the other side and just highlight, you know, and then get back to taking your notes. So yeah, let's see. We've covered five subject notebooks. Five subject notebooks are great. Um, They are bulky. I will say that they do add some more weight Um, So if you want to get separate notebooks, that could be an option, but I feel like they just are kind of a good investment, especially if you don't need more than that. You know, if you have seven periods, then yeah, I don't know. You might want to do like, you know, a few dual subject or, you know, um, try subject notebooks, you know. Um, to kind of break up the weight because that's a pretty big like seven seven subject notebook or five subject notebook is pretty big that's true Um, but I feel like if you can get the most bang for your buck with one thing like for example I often had four periods in high school that's how they did things in my school 
And so a five subject or four subject notebook would be perfect, you know, and I, I like not having to buy so many different things. <laughs> and I also like being able to buy one thing and carry it around and not have to like go through my bag for all these different things. If you are going to go with separate notebooks though, go ahead and make sure you color code them so that you don't have to like look through all the labels and be like, well, which one am I using? Right. Um, just so you can quickly like pull it out and just have it right there. Again, we're going for things that are, you know, super functional, super like easy to just pull out quickly and get to work with. And then let's see, um, just generally minimalist, I think is important to keep in mind. You know, I know there's things where you are probably thinking like, I don't know if I can really skimp on certain things in terms of like, I don't know if I can leave this out. And that's fine. Go ahead and pay attention to what is functional for you and try to be as minimalist as possible. Look for ways that you can consolidate tools, look for ways that you can really, you know, get the most bang for your buck and things like that. Because the less you can carry it around, around the less you're going to have that weight on your shoulders. And that helps with back pain, that helps with anything that you're struggling with with your book bag. Another option which kind of is like the extra option, I guess. It's like, you know, um, the luxe option, if you will. But I think it's a good option if you are dealing with back pain, especially chronic back pain, is you could get a rolling backpack. You know, those can be really good because they're not heavy on your back. Um, especially if you know you're going to be carrying a lot of things or a lot of different tools. Let's say you have your major in you know something where you're carrying a lot of books around with you or a lot of you know tools and things that are heavier then go ahead and invest in that rather than having to carry that on your back because that's going to help you even if you don't have back pain now you're probably going to thank yourself later that you didn't put yourself through that (laughs) um and let's see color coding can be really helpful um we'll probably get into like ways to organize things let's see do I have anything else that's like a physical thing um not really obviously there's you can get a digital or a paper planner um a few planners that I recommend just going over like some fun planners um the simplified planner is a really good one that's by Emily Lay um her brand is called simplified And again, this is around the whole minimalist, simplifying your life type things. These are organizational planners for your life, but they can also be really good for school. They have the days laid out and they have things like meal planning and different things, um, just as little reminders and quotes and things like that. Another one that I love is the happy planner. I love the happy planner because it's just, it's really happy, (laughs) Um, first of all, which is like in the name, but it's got some beautiful designs. Um, Their layout is really good. I like having the days separate, you know, because I like being able to write things for each day. And what Emily's done in the simplified planner, she provides you with like a to-do list and notes on the side. And then the happify or happy planners, happified the happy planners, um, I believe also have that. I haven't opened my happy planner in a while because I'm using the simplified planner now. So you'd have to look the exact specs up. But I remember enjoying it, especially when I was um, doing tutoring as well. I did tutoring in my local school system a little while back. 
and I really wanted a planner that could function, you know, partially, potentially as a lesson planner too. Um, and so that was really helpful for me to be able to have, you know, this layout. Plus they have a lot of really cool backgrounds and, and things like you flip through the book and you're like, this is really, this is really cute. This is really well designed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really love those. But you can also use a digital planner. So now we're going to get into ways to just organize like all of your digital stuff as well as, you know, your notes and things like that. Once you are prepared with all your tools for school, what can you do to make sure that you stay organized? So I'm going to start with naming your notes, files, and file folders for each class because this, again, once you really organize things so that you can easily pull them out, it's going to be saving you time. It's going to be something that really helps you to just stay on track. So when you're naming your notes, I have found this out through the years because a lot of times what I used to do is like, oh, unit one or unit two, like, you know, chapter one. And this goes for Quizlet as well, by the way. Um, if you're using Quizlet for vocabulary, you could just say chapter one vocabulary, right? That is not helpful to you when you go back though. <laughs> and I remember going back in my French notes and being like, I don't even know what's here because I did not name according to the topic. So instead of doing, instead of saying like chapter one, because you're going to have to go back and see like what was in chapter one, what was in chapter two, what was in chapter three, go ahead and name your notes by like the topic you're covering. Now you can say chapter one, like you can put a little CH1 or something so that you know like this is in chapter one if you want to refer back to your textbook or, you know, back to the book you're reading, whatever you're taking notes on, right? Back to the PowerPoint. Um, but go ahead and take notes and like make the titles and the names of your sections and subheads and all those things. Really make them easily scannable because when you go back to study for a test you don't want to be looking for like 30 minutes through your notes just to find this one thing that you really wanted to look back on but you could not find because you did not name your notes accordingly so go ahead and make sure you do that from day one and it'll be a lot easier I did that last semester for French because I took two semesters of French and I was so happy with myself because I'm like, oh yeah, I know how to scan this now and find exactly what I need. And the last semester, I did not do that. So that was harder on me when I went back to study for the final and midterm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's better if you do that. <laughs> your files on your computer. This is if you're taking an online course um, or online, you know, semester this can also be useful if you're in high school and, you know, you really want to organize your digital life um, and your digital files. I don't know. I'm assuming, like, since we've been online, probably, I mean, I had to do things online when I was in high school, too, but I wasn't in high school that long ago, you know? <laughs> um, it was about, like, three years or so. Let's see. Yeah, about about three years or so. Um but at the same time, like, I know things might have changed. Things might be way more online now than they were before even. Um, but yeah, if you have a folder or a file, um, first of all, have folders. This is what they actually made us do in college. They're like, have a folder. You need to make folders in your in your uh, little file folder organizer thing on your desktop. I have Windows, so I think it's just called file folder. Um 
But yeah, go ahead and like in documents, make new folders for all your classes so you can easily find everything. Don't just save everything to downloads because that's going to be like hell when you go back and you're trying to find this one little file that you cannot freaking find for the life of yourself, you know. Um, another tip for just saying organized in general with your file folders, go and delete anything that's not useful to you. Um, and I would say don't do this for anything where you're taking a class on it currently and don't do this necessarily for anything that's in your major because you might want to go back and refer to something. Now, I don't do that a lot with things even that are related to my major, so I might still delete stuff out of that, but you want to make sure that you're keeping stuff that's going to be useful to you later on and deleting things that you no longer need. For example, if you need a math credit in college and you know for a fact that you're not going to take another math course after you take that one gen ed, then delete everything in that folder when you're done with it, you know? Um, but folders, naming those folders, you know, according to the class and naming those files. Again, you want to name files where you can easily find what you need. So whether that means you are naming by topic, or if you feel confident enough to name by the chapter because you just know like, oh, these are activities from chapter one. So, you know, sometimes those, sometimes you can get by without naming it by the topic because that's not something like your notes where you're going back and searching for something in particular, because once you go in your notes, you'll know like, oh, this is what we're covering here. Um, but topic naming can still be applied here and can still be helpful. So keep that in mind when you're naming your folders or naming your files. (laughs) Another file naming tip, go ahead. This is what I do every time I get a new file. I will save it and it'll download and it'll have like the name the teacher put in there or the professor put in there. And I'll go ahead and rename it. Once I go to edit it, Because we have assignments where sometimes we'll have a worksheet. For French, I had a lot of worksheets um, just every week that I would do. And so what i do, once I started working on it, I'd put a little dash and put my full name. Um, And that's just helpful for me to know this is the document that, you know, it's not the template that they gave me. It's the document that I've worked on. And then I would know, too, that... I would I have worked on this. This is the one. Like this is the final version or whatever when I go to submit it. You know, um instead of like saving your file, save as over and over, right? <laughs> With like updated, final, final updated, right? <laughs> Just go ahead and like put your name and make all the changes. You can obviously go back in Word and go back in like I believe you can go back in Google Docs too. There's probably a history um where, you know, you can go through all the things that you've changes you made to the document it does save those um so yeah you could probably look up how to do that if you if you have any trouble with that but um that just helps me that also helps the professor so they had talked about this when I was you know just entering college as well um with like keeping your files organized and making sure that you're naming it with your name And this just helps the teacher too and the professor to be able to easily go, oh yeah, that's hers, and not have like a whole disorganized mess for them to have to deal with and go, oh, okay, this is so-and-so's, oh, okay, this is so-and-so's. Like they know from the get-go, from the file title, that this is mine, 
you know, there's no confusion about it. Um, so I just feel like that helps make your, makes your teacher, like it helps make your teacher's life a little bit easier. (laughs) So yeah, but it also makes your life easier because you know which ones you've worked on and which ones you just downloaded. You're like, oh, I haven't worked on that because it doesn't have my name next to the title. So yeah. And then let's see, what's another tip? Um, I will walk you through my notion. Uh, let's talk Word versus Google Docs real quick. So, you know, you could decide to use Google Docs for school. You could decide to use Word. Honestly, both are really good. I like Google Docs better, but I have to use Word because a lot of the documents that my teachers give me and professors give me, they use Word. So consider your tools beforehand um, and really, you know, look at what your professors and teachers are using. Because if they are using Google Docs, you're going to be using Google Docs. If they're using Word or PowerPoint or whatever, you're going to be using that software. So just go ahead and default to that. My school has very strict file submission policies so we have to submit a doc or docx so i just go ahead and work in word because i could hypothetically save it as a word document for google docs but i find the formatting gets a little bit can get a little bit um messed up so i just go ahead and work from word and word is free with a student account uh for me through my school but for you google docs might be a little bit more advantageous. I like that Google Docs has cloud saving. Honestly, I wish Word had that. Um, I like that Google Docs is a little bit looser. If I have a preference, you know, and I say looser in terms of like, it's not a closed software. I don't have to constantly save. I don't have to remember to constantly save. You know, you get in the habit of doing that with Word, but it is frustrating at first because you're like, oh man, you know, and um, everybody's at that moment where they're like, I thought I saved it, right? So yeah, if I had to have a choice between the two, I definitely would choose Google Docs. But again, you want to go with what your professor is using and especially pay attention to the file requirements. And if you're exporting from Google Docs to another type of document, if you're making it something else, if you're saving it as something else, go ahead and look it over before you submit it. And this is for anything you submit online because some will not show you a preview. Some submissions will not show you a preview. Apparently on Canvas, I have heard of someone, one of my friends uh, was taking a class on Canvas and they submitted their document and they submitted the wrong one, like it was blank, but they could not resubmit. Um, And they did not, they either didn't check the preview, I don't think they could check the preview because it didn't give them one. And so go ahead and make sure, like double check before you submit. You're like, okay, this is the right one. Like this is the one I saved, you know, this is the one I did. Um, I like to either open it before I submit it right away. Um, If I'm submitting it a little bit later than when I last worked on it, just to make sure like all my changes are there. Everything is where it needs to be, all the formatting, all those things, especially for final projects or, you know, things that are really going to, take a chunk out of your grade. Um, And, you know, luckily my professors in my college is like very understanding of submissions. If you have to submit something again, you just submit it again. But there are softwares other than Blackboard where that may not be the case or may not be as easy. So you got to make sure that you keep that in mind. 
Um, and, and some professors are not as nice about that. And for my friend, she got a zero in the assignment and the professor would not let her resubmit, which is pretty frustrating. So just make sure that you're double checking that. Um, but yeah, I go ahead and I go ahead and double check that before I submit anything. Um, but usually what I'll do is I'll work on it and I'll finish it and I'll just go ahead and submit it because I want it to be submitted. I don't have to submit it later. Um, and that's just a tip if you don't want to forget about things. Just go ahead when you're done with it and you are satisfied and you're fine with it. Like, go ahead and submit it. <laughs> go ahead and get it off your plate, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go into my Notion right now because, and I, I can't show you this, unfortunately, on a computer. I guess I could take a screen recording. I don't know. Um, but we're not going to do that for the purpose of this podcast because this is audio, obviously. But I will go ahead and walk you through. Again, I talked about Notion, I think, last week or the week before. Notion is awesome. I love Notion. Notion is like a smarter, cooler, more aesthetic version of Evernote, to be honest. So here's my school tab. I have a school tab in here. And I have all my courses. So what I've done, they have templates in here. So I have um, two of my past courses are in here. I'm going to go ahead and delete these because they have, you know, notes in them or, or sometimes I archive them. Um, so I have a tab with like a little emoji that's like a peace sign and it's finished courses. So I have all my finished courses in there just in case I want to go back and look at those notes. And then I have a planning tab at the very end where I talk about my major and I plan out all my courses that I want to take. A pro tip if you're in college, always use Rate My Prof and Rate My Professor um, because that just helps you ensure that you get the highest, most committed professional to teach your course, which is very important because some professors you got to know beforehand who you're choosing because some professors you may not want to take. <laughs> um, they may not be the right person for you. <laughs> so you want to make sure. Um, so yeah, I actually have a degree plan that I planned out through a course that I took earlier in my uh, degree plan or in my, in my progress basically throughout school. And that was super helpful. Um, so those are like a few little tips if you're planning your courses for next semester or you know, whatever. But in here, I'm going to go into one of my courses, Art 111, which is Art Appreciation. So I have a little emoji that helps me remember um, what course it is so I can click quickly scan it without even having to read it, which is really helpful. Um, you can do this in Notion. You can send emoji as like a little cover. So it'll go before the title and the hyperlink to the folder, to the little, I don't even know if it's called a folder, but if you know Notion, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know Notion, go ahead and check it out and try it for yourself. There are tutorials online if you have any trouble. So one thing that they have um, is course schedule. This is a template within Notion where you can go ahead and create, or maybe I created a course schedule. Let's see. Oh, no, no, no. They do have a template for that. Okay. But I did customize it. So above the course schedule, above the, the table, because it's a, technically a table, um, with I have the name of my, my assignment, the day it's due, and then the date it's due, and the type it is. And I just created categories with emojis so and color-coded so I know 
um, what is due when. So I have the types I have. I have lesson, I have assignment, I have quiz, I have reading. Lessons are things that I need to go through and take notes. Assignments are things that, you know, like papers or worksheets that are due. Reading is obviously reading. Quizzes are obviously quizzes. <laughs> so discussion board is another one that I will have. So I'll have like a discussion tab and I have the date and the day because I want to know which day of the week it's due um, and unfortunately you can't put both in there on one in one section so I had to create two and I have a little checkbox here at the very end just to tell me like here I did it right <laughs> so above all of that though I have due dates because these are recurring due dates um, and for college, for high school, you probably won't have this and this won't be as big of an issue. But for college, what they do a lot of times, at least in community college, um, and this may not be true for you, I don't know, but this is a sadly an annoying fact for me, <laughs> um, is they have due dates throughout the week and they're all different. <laughs> so um, one course might have Mondays and Wednesdays, might, another course might have Fridays, another course might have Thursdays. So your week starts on, not on Monday, but on whatever day after that, right? So everything's due on Thursday, okay, the week starts on Friday. Everything's due on Monday, okay, the week starts on Tuesday. So you have all these different timelines, essentially. So it was so easy if everything was due on th Sunday or Thursday or whatever, because then your week starts at the same time for every course, and you can plan that out and like do that, but that is not the case. So what you have to do instead, which is what I've done, and this is really helpful if you have classes like this, um, is I just list out the due dates. So I say Mondays and Wednesdays, weeks start on Wednesdays, um, and you know, basically I have everything written in my table and I will, you know, write the day when it's due, write the date when it's due. And then I can quickly check in on Notion and be like, what do I need to work on still? What's due? Did I get everything done? You know, and really make sure that like everything on earth is crossed off, you know, before that week ends. Um, I also have notes about submissions and text and like, um, not textbooks, um, discussions. So for this particular class, um, it was important that when we were setting artwork or uploading artwork for the class, um, which is by another artist, not by me, I was not making the artwork, we include the artist's full name, last first, the title of the artwork in italics, all these different things. So I wrote this out so that I would know for discussions, I'd be able to quickly reference that. And I often open Notion while I was making a discussion post so that I would remember to do that so yeah if I go to French and I go to my course schedule my due dates were on Sundays and weeks start on Mondays um and yeah I pretty much had the same system in place and I would write everything down and I can go into some of my finished courses too so let's see I had a I had a separate thing for discussion boards too. So I would have, you, you can make hyperlinks in here to pages. So you basically make a page, title of the page, and you'll have a little link to the page um, and on this whole list. So that's what I did here. So week 10 was something, I wrote something in week, week 10 for sociology <laughs> um, and chapters to study for the final. So I made notes for myself. Um, let's see. 
um, course schedule. And then I had, they have a template for Cornell notes on here, which I really like. Um, and I had said before that I'm more of a list note taker and that's definitely true on paper with this system in notion. It's relatively easy because they have everything listed out for you and they tell you exactly how to interact with the page and everything. Um, so you can just take notes and write recall questions and write a summary underneath. So you don't have to write all that out. I, what I like about this too is if you're doing this on paper, it's kind of hard because you might have a lot of notes and you know, you're making that T every time and you're like separating the paper basically. So you're not necessarily utilizing the full page when you're writing your notes with this because it's online you can write all the notes you want and you know recalls on the side still like it's really easy to just quickly scan they also have the date and the topic so you can quickly fill in you know what you're writing about and this was helpful for me especially because they'll have sometimes extra readings or primary sources they want you to read in college um, in addition to that textbook reading that you're doing. So this was like super helpful for me to organize everything. So that's a little tour of my notion. Um, go ahead for yourself and check it out because it is just super helpful. So that's a little audio tour of my notion. Um, you can probably look up study notions and get a lot of inspiration. <laughs> so let's see, let's move on. Um, so you can track your due dates. As I talked about, I track them in Notion. You can track them on a paper calendar planner too, if you want, and just possibly even have that hanging above your desk so that you can see it. For me, if I don't see a deadline, I don't usually get it in my head. And so that's why I like to keep everything in Notion and check in on there pretty much daily and check things off for my classes so that I'm always aware and like really mindful of what's going on in my classes and what I need to do each day to make progress on that and get to the due dates on time or before. I like to be early if possible. Another thing you can do in Google Calendar or in a paper calendar too, it's hard to do in a paper planner and calendar unless you have one of those calendars or paper planners where like you have the hours listed out for every day, which can be helpful, um, is time blocking. And I will refer to the queen of time blocking on here as a resource for you. And let's see, um, that is, I'm like forgetting her name right now. And I watched her YouTube channel for so long, but, um, let's see, let's see, what's her name? been a little while since I've checked in. Oh, of course. Amy Landino is the queen of time blocking forever. <laughs> like she is the most productive person I think who's ever possibly lived. She's a very type A person, <laughs> but she taught me about time blocking and time blocking is basically, and I don't do, I don't necessarily do this rigidly. She does this very rigidly or well, I don't know anymore. She had a kid and I think that changed some things in her productivity kind of, um, routines, but you know, she definitely has a lot of old videos on time blogging that are super helpful as well if she does not do that now. Um, but yeah, obviously having children kind of changes things. It can change priorities and different things. So yeah, um, so time blocking is basically just mapping out the hours of your day and saying what you're going to do when and kind of creating a schedule for yourself and saying, okay, from 9 to 12, I'm going to be working on this. 
from 12 to 1, I'm going to be having lunch. From 1 to 2, I'm going to be working on math. From 2 to 4, I'm going to be working on science. From Like, you know, um, and basically mapping out your day by the hours you have. And you can do this for your weeks. You can do this for your months. And Google Calendar is super helpful because you can color code that, include meetings, include events, and all those things. And include class meetings as well. So time blocking is awesome. I personally don't use it anymore. I used to use it. Um, and I might end up using it again with my four classes. I ended up not using it um, simply because it does take time to actually time block itself. And for me, I find getting into a recurrent study schedule and you know, basically getting a schedule around my work hours for this past year um, just kind of got me in a routine to where I just knew what I was doing every day. Um, and that was like pretty helpful for me. I didn't have a lot of classes at that point either. I might end up picking that up again, um, when it comes time for this semester to start because I have a lot of classes this semester and that might be really helpful. So look into that, see if it works for you and your personality, see if it'll work for where you are, um, and what you find most helpful for, to your productivity. Another thing that you can do, which I did last semester and found super helpful, is just set up a recurring study schedule. So maybe every single day or every single day of the week, um, however often you study, just basically deciding, okay, I'm going to work on this class at this time every single day. Um, and I would recommend working on everything from your classes every day, even if it's only 15 minutes, because that kind of just helps keep everything fresh in your mind. Um, and, you know, you could take a break for weekends. Um, you could, like, do one day on a weekend or, you know, whatever works best for you. Um, don't overdo it, right? Just make sure you have that balance. Um, but yeah, it can be really helpful to just break the workload up. Um, especially if you like, if you really like what you're studying, you like what you're doing, it can be really helpful to have that on the weekend. Just have a little bit of a brain break where like you're still doing something for school but it's from a subject that you really enjoy or something like that if you're in your major and you're super excited about it that can be another option it breaks up the workload because you're working every day but you're not necessarily working all the time for those days because you're breaking it up um so yeah for me my study schedule revolved around work last semester so I basically had the mornings free and then most of the late morning and afternoon I was working. So then I would get home and then I work on school again. So that's kind of how I had to structure my day was basically around those hours. And I had the same hours every day. So it was easy for me to do that. Obviously, if you're working, you have a different schedule. You kind of have to go week by week and just see. And this is where time blocking might be really helpful for you. Um, but yeah, go ahead and see, you know, plan around your classes if you're going to a physical campus um, and just see if you can do things at the same time. Then your brain will be really primed too for like every subject you're working on because you work on it at the same time every day. So you're like, okay, now I'm ready for math and try to make it enjoyable too. So have breaks during the day. If a subject feels really heavy, then maybe you put a lighter subject next to it in the calendar or in your, you know, daily schedule. Um, and so then you won't have to feel like you're going from like one heavy topic to another, um, and your brain's kind of like, whoa, you know, what's she doing to us? So yeah, go 
go ahead and try and set that up for yourself so then you're in the habit of studying at the same time every day for this one thing and your brain will be ready for it and recall the information better um and then I'm gonna link to some books by the way because there's some really good books for productivity so habit hacking is one thing you know if you are struggling to study every day um going ahead and matching that with like a habit you already do um making a habit out of it and paying attention to your cues and your triggers um, paying attention to your cues and triggers when you're procrastinating. What are you doing before you start procrastinating? What are you doing before you start nurturing this habit? Um, the Power of Habit is a really good book by Charles Duhigg. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, and I'll link that below. And it has a lot of information on habits. So it was really cool. Um, and I listened to about half of the audiobook. Um, and I ended up wanting to switch to something a little bit later fiction. (laughs) So I'm going to come back to that one, but what I've listened to so far, about 51% of the way through, according to my audiobook, um, from the library, that's little, this little progress tracker. Um, what I listened to so far was like super fascinating and they have a lot, um, of case studies and all these different things about how the brain works, um, and how it creates habits and how that can, you know, help you really achieve success in a lot of different areas of life. So it's super cool. I think it can be really helpful for studying and study habits as well. So go ahead and check that out. I'll link that below. And then productivity hacks. The Pomodoro method is one that I've tried. Um, I didn't love it because I feel like you, you know, 25 minutes is not that long. (laughs) Um, so I like to take breaks maybe like once an hour or something rather than once every 30 minutes or so or every 25 minutes. Um, go ahead and try it out for yourself and see what works for you because everybody's different. You have some apps that you can try if you want to try the Pomodoro method. There's other methods of taking breaks too that you can try. So go ahead and look into those and see if that would be something that would help you. Especially if you get easily distracted and you find yourself, you know, kind of procrastinating every so often when you're studying Go ahead and see if like taking a break and having like solid blocks of time where you can do that for like five or ten minutes, an hour or whatever, you know, 30 minutes um, could help you to just kind of stay on track for those other 25 or 50 minutes. A reward system is also important, you know, giving yourself a little pat on the back, pat on the shoulder for just, you know, showing up and doing your thing, Um, giving yourself rewards for when you study, for when you get a you know, good grade on a test or things like that, having a little party, right? Um, And really giving yourself that positive reinforcement and, you know, reinforcing those habits with good rewards can be really helpful. So whether that is, you know, I'm going to make my favorite meal tonight or I'm going to go out with my friends or, you know, I get some time to like work on a hobby or, just watch, you know, a few minutes of a TV show or an episode, go ahead and give yourself that reward and let yourself, you know, let yourself feel good because you did a really good job. You worked hard and deserve to take a little break and reward yourself. Another thing is getting into deep work mode and limiting distractions because especially if you're an online student, there's so much you can get distracted by. You can get into internet rabbit holes, like so many things. So what I like to do, and I don't really have a lot of problems with procrastination. Um, I'm, I'm not as, you know, I used to get kind of distracted 
Um, I don't have that as much now because I'm kind of just in the system. I open Notion, I open Blackboard, I'll open the link to my textbook when I go to work. And I'm kind of just in the system. That's a little, um, I guess, container, if you will, for my studying. And I'm just in it, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't have any like news. Like I don't go on Bing. Bing is like, oh my gosh, they have headlines when you first open the browser. And that always annoys me because I don't like seeing the news all the time. And just like in your face, all this stuff happened. You're like, wait, what? You know? Um, so Google Chrome is a really good browser for that. Just to not have to deal with all of that rather than Bing. Um, another, Another thing is, you know, I check my school email once a day. I don't really get a lot of emails. Gmail don't really get a lot of emails. So I'm not like off checking my email or anything like that. Um, you might want to organize your inbox if you're finding that you get a lot of email. Um, just notice like what you do during those times when you're distracted too. And go ahead and, you know, turn those things off. Maybe even have like browser... Um, browser what's it called like blocking certain websites if you find that you're on YouTube if you find that you're on Facebook you know I don't have social media so like I don't go on social media anymore I've talked about that in a past episode I don't use it so I don't have those distractions the same way YouTube's definitely one that could be a, a distraction but I don't have it on my phone it's generally like I don't stay on there for a long time anymore like I used to when I had it on my phone so you know, find ways to limit your distractions. If it means that you keep your phone in a different room or you keep your phone in your drawer when you're working or you just turn it over and like symbolically place it down on your desk so that you're not, it's not staring at you, you know, begging for your attention, go ahead and do that, you know, or set hours. I used to set hours for work where I would only allow certain callers in. So if anybody else tried to call me, I would have that on silent and people knew like I'm going to be out tutoring, I'm going to be out working and I don't want you to call me unless it's a really urgent situation. <laughs> um, so maybe you do the same thing for when you're working on school. If you find that you're on your phone a lot, go ahead and put it in another room, plug it in, whatever, and just symbolically be like, I'm not going to touch it, you know, um, or put a bunch of tools on your phone. If you really like using your phone for studying Make it a tool for yourself. Equip it with a bunch of different tools you can use and delete all those things that distract you, including social media if that's something that you find yourself scrolling on all the time. And pay attention to your screen time too. Like really be mindful of that because those are hours that you can spend on other things, whether that is studying or whether that even is just like enjoying life, being present, being present with your friends, you know, conversations, right? Um, pay attention to those things because it's really important and you're only, you know, you're not guaranteed anything in this life, but you're here right now and there's a lot of cool things happening in the world and you want to make sure that you're present for them. <laughs> um, but also those are hours that you could be working or, you know, working on something you love or whatever, right? Um, doing something you love and you want to be able to make the most of your time. One really good book for this, well, there's a bunch of good books actually by him. I'm going to link his website. You can, you can check out all his books. Cal Newport is the best for anything to do with study hacks, um, being a top grade student, being like an A plus student. Um, he also talks about distraction and productivity and digital minimalism, minimalism in general, 
Um, I don't think, well, he talks about digital minimalism, less so minimalism in general, although these principles can apply to minimalism in general. And I really love his work. Deep work is another thing. So all of these have to do with productivity. Some of his books, his earlier books, were How to Be a Great Student um, and Study Hacks and, you know, So Good They Can't Ignore You is a career book focusing on getting really good at what you do and excellence and excellence in your craft. They're all really great books. Deep Work is really great. It talks about limiting distraction. Um, digital minimalism takes, talks about like minimizing distractions on your phone and devices, um, getting away from social media more, uh, and really living according to your values and letting your phone and your computer and all those things reflect your values and, you know, rather than like drag you into distraction mode. So I would suggest definitely checking out any of his books. They're really, really good. His podcast is also really good too. I really love listening to that. Um, and especially his episodes on, you know, things to do with like college students or studying or things like that can be super cool as well. So yeah, that's just, he's just a resource to check out. I'll link his website because there's way too many books. He's written like probably six books. So, um, I'm not going to link all those, but you can go ahead and check out his website for like everything he's done and everything he's doing. Um, another thing is learning styles. Now everybody says like, oh, pay attention, pay attention to your learning style. And you know, are you video, visual learner, audio learner, tactile learner? I think that those things can exist, but I actually watched a video where somebody talked about how, you know, do these things even exist or is it something, you know, where you actually just need to get better at, um, you know, your study habits and things like that. And I think these things go together, um, to be honest. So I'm not going to say that learning styles don't necessarily exist because I will know, like I do know for myself, if I can see it and visualize it, it does help me to understand it. So I don't think that that's necessarily not true that there are learning styles, but it is important to match these with studying habits. So maybe the way you take notes if you're a visual learner is going to be more mind mapping or, you know, you're going to pay attention to graphs and, you know, figures and, you know, all those things where it's like showing you what something is, especially in math or things like that, where like you really need something visual to just break it down sometimes. Um, so just pay attention to like what works best for you. Take notes in a way that kind of aligns with that um, and focus on those things and emphasize those things because if that helps your brain to be able to go, yeah, I really get that or this helps me understand it, then I'm all for it. Like go ahead and do that, you know? Um, so pay attention to like what your learning style is. There are quizzes online if you really want to like find out and you're not sure. Um, but mostly it's just about paying attention to like what works best for you, what helps you learn best, what keeps you engaged with the content and focusing on making your notes and, you know, really anything you're doing for your courses, um, as much as you can, because I know some things you can't control, right? Some things a professor has to actually do, right? <laughs> um, and so that's their prerogative to do whatever project in the way that they see fit, but you can make it for yourself a little bit easier if you focus on and emphasize those elements that really help you to get the content the most, like graphs or things like that, if you want to take those and put those in your notes, so you're like, yes, I can visualize this, I can see this, so now I understand it, right? So just pay attention to that. The last thing is just to balance your work and life, take breaks, nurture your hobbies, organize, you know, family and friend time, and just keep that in your life, 
work isn't everything, school isn't everything, you know, it's really about just making sure that you are taking care of yourself and what you need. So yeah, just a reminder for that. So we are reaching the end of our episode. We're rounding out on an hour again. I didn't mean to make the episode this long, but it just ended up that way. (laughs) So I hope you've enjoyed. I hope this has given you a lot of different tips. Please leave me a review and let me know what you'd like to see next. I always love hearing your comments and suggestions. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I'll see you next week for our episode on mental health.